Hey, 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 Black Tribers, we are back. <laughs> 2021, third podcast of the year. Um, we're excited. We're in Colorado Springs, Colorado yeah. at our foundation studio uh, where we raise our funds for Michael. Incredible place, incredible people. Lovely. Um, you know, you can find all of our stuff at GaryandLisaBlack.com. Uh, our new website has just launched and um, we've, we've just changed it all up. Um, our Patreon link is on there, our podcasts, uh, um, all the things we're doing on video yep. and for marriage. This is our first kind of quick overview of where we're going next, where we're going next yeah. on uh, just kind of men and women and the way the church is taught mm -hmm. about women, uh, the way that the Bible actually teaches and um, how we should treat women in the church and as leaders. I called this submission. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to read you a scripture. <laughs> and, and here's what I'm going to do. Now, again, I'm not taking credit for all this. So I've got some incredible books that we're diving into uh, that we're re, kind of revising in our prophetic bent. Um, I listened to a lot, a phenomenal message from a local church here in Colorado Springs um, around this. And so I'm stealing some information here and we're just putting together our own stuff on it. And it's really where our heart is. It's what we believe. Why is our heart here? Well, because we've just seen it abused and we've seen the lack of women in leadership in the church. And we know that God's doing something completely new and it's going to take all of us, not just a gender, which God never spoke to this when it came to men and women. Um, it is going to take, it just takes all of us to get this message out and to get it done. It's time. And oh, by the way, for the last how many years, 15 years on the world race, We've been majority women, way majority, like five to one, six mm -hmm. to one, whatever it is, because um, the women say yes much quicker than the men. The men feel this ridiculous responsibility that they have to you know, graduate high school, go to college, get their job. All those things are righteous and beautiful. But sometimes I feel like we miss what God's doing on the planet when we just do what our parents told us to do that way. Or just what we've always seen done. Yeah. Yeah. Culture, I, so. I do appreciate that pressure that men are under, though, and I do respect them for stepping up. So. <laughs> Thank you. Are the men stepping up? I, you know what? I, I love this generation of men. I do. I think that they, um, they're better fathers than we've seen. I think that they're more compassionate. I think that they're, um, asking really good questions. Yeah. And I think the part where they need to step up next is to realize that they are better with a good woman by their side. And I have a lot of young women that are amazing and they're saying, where are the men? And where I said, I don't know. I know a few good ones, but a lot of them might be in their parents' basement playing video games because of fear, anxiety, uh, not knowing what it looks like to be a man. And so let's, we can call them in fourth in that way for sure. Yeah. No question. If you're looking for a beauty, I know a few. Yeah. And you know, I was in a meeting earlier today and it's, it's the same story we always hear. 20 something year old woman mm -hmm. can't find a man yeah. coming to G42. Uh, and she asked me in tears, where are the men? And so again, we'll ask you that. Where are you men? Uh, we understand extended adolescence. We understand mm -hmm. the pressure. We understand that you don't even think about marriage anymore until your early thirties. It doesn't work real well. For you haven't women, seen though. it done well. Um, yeah. and your parents maybe weren't that great at it. Maybe they were, but we haven't seen it in general done well. And we want to change that. We yeah. want to shift that. And we want to see young men initiated and come fully alive in who they are at a younger age. 
so that we can get on with the kingdom message. Yes. And so that our ovaries don't dry up before the men figure out (laughs) because it's very real. The the time that, you know, for men, I I think it's great. You wait till you're older to get married. You're probably smarter. You probably have more money, all those things, except for women do actually have a a time clock that they're on. And so it's causing a a lot of fear and anxiety in these young women that I'm, am I going to, you know, be in my forties before I can even start a family. And that doesn't always work for our bodies, even if that works great for our minds and our wisdom and our checkbooks. So as you're coaching these women every day, you're getting over, over and have, what do you call it? Just so many requests inundated. Thank you. Is this a lot of your conversation? Yeah, it's a lot of my conversation is very, very valid because um, these women are taking a cultural shift that we've not seen on the earth with men not really even seeking a partner until in their 30s and not really seeking fatherhood if they do until their later 30s. Um, And these women are internalizing it all and asking what's wrong with me. Hmm. And I have notes in, in my, you know, from my, you know, yearbooks and from when I was a little girl, three or four boys starting from, you know, sixth grade on would say, I'm going to marry you one day. That wasn't that big of a deal to say that because that was the, we just thought, well, you graduate from college and you get married and that's just the, the, the evolution of life. People aren't thinking that way no, anymore, they're not. They're but leaving it's the really affecting the self-esteem of young women. Well, and, and we, you know, witness it, obviously living in Africa and in Europe, um, Europeans stopped having babies. They stopped getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, we've told those stories many times. The grandfather in Greece who just oh. pulled the car over because he said he'd never have grandbabies. Uh, it was really an emotional really, moment. It was really, moving. Um, we don't want to go there, America. Mm-hmm. We want to reproduce kingdom, uh, like-minded, beautiful, young, amazing and the people. The kingdom is about God getting his family back. Right. And so if we don't build our families... Uh, on that premise, if we don't build our marriages on that, and if we don't literally start a next generation, everything just goes away. It does. It goes away. So let me, some of where this has come from is some of the fathers that we've had in our churches. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've just taught the gospel really wrong. It's blasphemy, obviously. Um, We've taught the the roles of women in the church really wrong. I, I, I had a conversation with a much older man earlier. And he made sure I was really clear that I was off. Uh, do I believe that there is a head that Christ is the head of the church and the man is the head of his family? Absolutely. I don't believe in the way that it's been taught, just like I don't believe in the way that evangelism has been taught or the gospel and what the gospel means or what end times look like. Mm-hmm. You know, when you study scripture and you understand who it's written to and why they were writing it and that Jesus is the best theology, you can actually start wrestling with this stuff. And when we get out of our Western mindset of Christianity, where it's all about me and kind of screw everyone else, I want to build my own big church and have my own big ministry and my own big company. And we start getting more of an Eastern mindset where you don't need the answers. You need to get with Holy Spirit and find the answers. Mm. And it's not about me. It's about us. Mm-hmm. It's about all of us doing this together. When you get start to wrestle in that space and in that mindset, the scriptures take on a whole new light. So are you saying that women can be in leadership? <laughs> this older man you're talking about, is he going to be really mad when he sees where I'm going with uh, the last half of my life here? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read probably the most, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's the most. One of the most highly misquoted portions of scripture that I grew up with. I, I've heard this taught, I don't know, maybe a hundred, maybe 500 times. And every single time I've heard it taught 
what I would say is wrong. Are you going to teach it the right way today? Well, not to all today. Okay. But this is where we're headed. So okay. So let me read this scripture to you. Uh, this has been taught by um, insecure, immature men from the pulpit. And when you have an insecure man in the pulpit and what he's looking for is control and domination and he wants everybody to look at him, this is what you're taught out of this portion of scripture that I'm going to read you. Religion kind of set up that way. Well, that's exactly around one man. And we'll, and we'll dive into this later, but the whole reason why our immature pastors have taught us this way is because all men really care about is being respected. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to be cool with their message to try to be respected. But what it's done is it's greatly damaged the church and our women in the church and what they're supposed to do in leadership. So let me, let me read this to you. All right. If you're watching on Patreon on the video, you get to see me in my glasses very close to the camera because I'm blind. <laughs> All right. First Peter three. And I want you to go read this and I want you to sit in this as we walk through this uh, for a while. But he says this, and, the, and this is the uh, in, uh, English standard version. Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some of you, some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Hmm. When they see your respectful and pure conduct. So we'll dive into that. Okay. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, which I love. I'm a heart guy. With the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, we're not going to dive way into this. But for my radical feminist people out there, when you are anti everything and you're trying to make a point, you are not being quiet in your spirit. I'm not saying not being, you have to be quiet in who you're, what your heart's saying, what you feel like Jesus is saying through you, but you don't have to be anti everything and over the top with everything. Nobody can hear you when you do that. Let me read that again. Don't do the braiding of your hair, putting on a gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And if it's precious in God's sight, it should probably be precious in our sight. Amen. Are you saying you can be a strong woman with strong opinions and a passionate woman, like some people might describe me as, Mm -hmm. and still be kind and say things? In a way that people can hear it. Exactly. And I'll get into this later. But for you, it's a perfect example. My wife is a, as you guys know, that Noah is a strong leader with strong opinions. And she can come very strong sometimes. And we can fight and all the things. But like when she's in India or when she's in Africa and she knows that it would upset the culture of what we're trying to do, she doesn't do those things. She becomes quiet. She becomes submissive. And I'm going to redefine submissiveness to you. Thank God. To the culture, to the people, because your whole reason is to draw them to God. Right. You're a bridge to Jesus Christ, not a bridge to Lisa Black. Right. What radical feminists do is they're a bridge to themselves. Right. That's why I'm talking about Western and Eastern Christianity. Mm -hmm. When I'm a bridge to myself, I'm going to prove that you're wrong and I'm right. And I'm not going to listen to anything you say. And again, that's just not just feminists. That's, that's definitely not just immature feminist. men. That's, that's religious spirit. Yeah. That's everybody. That's all of us that can do this. I did it for many years uh, as a young minister. And I think that we found uh, through this last election that we, we all lost a little bit of respect 
for people we've known our whole lives because they're over the top posts, they're over the top anger, their their stance that I am a hundred percent right. And if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. And that was on every end. It was yes. the the extremes that we saw. It, it makes everyone kind of go, okay, I don't, I don't even know how to talk to you. Right. I don't know what to do with you. And there's no conversation to be had here. There's no learning to be had. There's no growth to be had because I just have to agree with you or not say anything. And I, and I decided to not say anything and just kind of move on with my life because I thought, you know, these people aren't trying to have a conversation. Well, They're and, trying to make a point. And then we're criticized for that. Yeah. Why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you standing up for what you believe? And the truth is, is what we believe is that uh, there's a, an amazing man named Jesus Christ and he has a kingdom and he's the king of it and we're going to follow him. And when it comes to politics, he says, go pay Caesar with Caesars. Mm-hmm. You're not of this world and get on with your kingdom life. Do we pray for our president? Are we going to pray for Joe Biden? Absolutely. Of course. Every day. Are, do we grieve what happened, that, what, what happened with Trump and what's happening in, in D.C.? Of course, 100 percent. And we're going to give our lives to praying for those people and asking God to come and meet them. But we're certainly not going to let it affect our day. And we're certainly not going to let it affect all of our relationships. We lost supporters because we wouldn't stand up and say one thing or the other. And, and a lot of people are extremely over the top passionate about this because we've made politics our God, like they did right. in Roman culture right. that I'm about ready to dive into. Men made themselves God, and yeah. we still do, still rampant in, in Western society and even Eastern society, obviously, Middle East especially. Um, we, when we do that, we lose a voice. Yeah. We have a voice that cannot be heard. And it's I'm going to preach that like, till the end. I know, baby. I got okay. your back. All right. So we're in, we're in first Peter three and I'm going to jump to verse five for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. And again, we've re, we're going to redefine submitting. So stay with me as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord and you are her children If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now, just let that get into your spirit because we're going to talk about that. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands live with your wives is is an understanding in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. We're going to talk about that because I know that ticks off a bunch of you since they are heirs with you. Mm-hmm. Of the grace of life. Wait, hey, listen to that. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, so let's unpack this just a little bit. So many trigger words there. <laughs> I know. Stay with us. I promise. Okay. I love this last part. What's it say? So your prayer prayers might not be hindered. So he says six verses. This is Peter. Okay. Yeah. Peter. Peter. The Rock. Total idiot as a kid. Complete waste as a disciple. Foundation of the church. (laughs) There's hope. For Peters. (laughs) For Peters. He addresses the women in this six verses. He addresses the man once. You know why? Why? Because women will get it. If he spends the time, men will just check out. Women will actually do the work. Men won't, mm-hmm. right? We just don't, we haven't had to, we haven't had to work at things. So we don't, mm-hmm. women have had to work at everything. Yeah. Radically abused, radically overlooked, all the things, right? And I'm not saying this just so I can have sex later. I get to have sex no matter what. I'm a sure thing all the time. Sure thing. So I, I'm saying this because this is a deep conviction of mine and it's truth. And if once you kind of understand 
why Peter was saying this and who he was writing to, uh, it's going to change your whole perspective, especially some of my 50, 60 year old white males out there listening to me right now that are about ready to put a knife in the back of my neck. Okay. And I do want to say this. Yes, dear. Peter said this. Paul said this because the man who discipled them named Jesus Christ said this. Oh. Okay. This isn't just Peter's idea. This isn't just Gary Black's idea. This isn't Lisa. This was Jesus demonstrating that women were priority. That's why the women of his day called him rabbi. They weren't allowed to do that. That was illegal. They couldn't call him teacher because you didn't teach women. You only taught men during this, this time in culture. When, Jewish women during this period yeah. were slaves. They were property. They had no rights. They could be thrown in out of Rome. their home, He's not, in Rome right not now have talking. their children. They, right. it was, they were slaves. Yeah. In all realm, women were the, the disgust of the earth. Okay. Jesus, every time he addressed he said there were 5,000 men and women and children. There were 4,000 men and women point. and children. He made a point. When Mary saw him at the grave in, in John, she said what? Rabbi, when she recognized him. She, she was, he was the gardener. He showed himself as the true father at that moment. She knew him as rabbi, right? I love it. Lazarus. We could go on and on and on. Well, Jesus discipled his, his guys, Peter and Paul, into loving women and honoring women and bringing respect to women the best way they could in that culture. That's what I'm going to show you on this series. It's awesome. Because Jesus loves his women. <laughs> he loved his mother. He loved his friends. He loved and honored women. He loved Mary. He loved all of his women. Oh my gosh. He loves all of his women right now. Even as radical feminists, Gary. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I know he loves them. Yeah. I know you don't. They were born to be loved. I love them. No, I love them. I just, I hurt. Actually, honestly, I hurt for them. I mean, some of these women are very close to me and I see them anti everything. You just don't get to be that. There, you don't. And that is the cry of my heart. And it is my, it is what I teach younger women. It's what I try to live as an example of. But this always, what you're talking about when you talk about radical feminism, which I think to you is a, an angry woman who hates men is what you're saying by yes. that. Because you are all for equal rights for women. You're all for equal pay. You are all for partnerships with women. Yes. I know you love women as well. You had a beautiful mother. You yeah. have a perfect wife. So why wouldn't you have brilliant daughters and granddaughters? I know you love women, but that comes from a place of hurt. Yes. You will never see a woman lashing out that isn't deeply, deeply wounded, mostly from a man or several men. Absolutely. Radically abused, mm -hmm. radically taken advantage mm -hmm. of. And I understand this, that a spirit comes behind that. Yeah. So if you have been really abused and hurt by men, which again, 99% of the women I'm talking to right now have been at some level. I'm going to give some examples of that as we dive into this. I have a really good one um, about the difference of what a man feels when he gets into a situation, what a woman feels. And men can't understand that because we've never had to deal wow, with that. We have right? to teach that, babe. And so we're going to dive into all of that. What I what I am always going to try to help with strongly is when there's a demonic spirit attached to your hatred. Oh, well, there you can't and your have hatred. You can't have hatred and not have something attached to it. So that's but that is that is what we're called to do is help these women break free. And that is what we're called to do is to bring <clears throat> understanding to men. Because Peter you know three. what? As lovely okay. as I am, <laughs> as lovely as I am, if, if a man comes and tells me what I can't do, I'm going to get, I'm going to deck them, you I know, understand. because we're, women are freakishly strong. Like we have to survive and always had to overcome so many things just to live. And so 
that when that gets tapped on, it's like, oh, you can't tell me I can't do something. So this, this is what we're, well, this is what this next generation is about is bringing that all into balance. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the point of this. Yes, now, I know. Here's the difference. And, and again, we'll dive into this. These women that Peter are talking to didn't have that choice. I understand. They didn't have the choice of marriage. Yep. They didn't have the choice. Most likely they were being abused in their marriage. They didn't have the choice to leave that marriage. Right. They, they, they had, no rights, they had no rights. They had no voice. They had nothing. And what Peter's trying to do is unpack all of that in Roman culture in the day, what his audience was. He was speaking to a bunch of women that had unbelieving husbands. And a woman during that time had to be in her husband's religion. So if her husband was in Judaism, she had to be in Judaism. Her yeah. husband was a Christian. She was, whatever he so, was. So these are Christian women in Rome that have no rights that Peter's addressing. Okay. And he's talking to men who are unbelieving men who have different religions and are making them their wives do that. And we have used this scripture in 2021 to say women can't be in leadership. Just go read what Peter said. People are still saying that? Absolutely. Oh, Lord. Are you kidding? A lot of our audience still say that. Just watch me, baby. All right, let me give you a couple of things and we'll, and we'll, and we'll end this, this podcast. So first Peter three, if you are married or if you're going to get married, pretty good gamut there. Okay. You have been called by God to care for the heart of your spouse in ways that lead them to God. Okay. And this is important that you hear that because this is going to redefine what he means by submission here. Mm. Let me read it again. You have been called by God to care for the heart of your spouse in ways that lead them to God. Now, my heart as a male is looking for one thing. I don't even know it sometimes, mm. but, but it is. Her heart as a female is looking for something completely different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she doesn't know how to say it. Sometimes she doesn't know she's thinking it. But in every single area of our lives as men, I don't care what it is. It's work. It's marriage. It's fathering. It's being a son. It's all we're looking for is to be respected. And when we can't get respect, we shut down or we get angry or something triggers in us hate the word trigger, as you know, I know but it happens. Time. Okay. But so, that's just, if you don't feel respected. So right. I could, in my mind, be very respectful, but something Absolutely. I said or did made you feel disrespected. It's the same res response. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And we'll talk about what the, that is in a woman as well. So, okay. Most of us make marriage about us. It's about me somehow. That's, not a that's good Western religion, right? That's why I want to tie these two together, but it's not about you at all. And scripture is really clear on that. It's about God. So when we do now, we're getting ready to do some marriage intensives, which we hope some of you, you young marrieds and older married couples will be a part of. Um, we're preparing some of this information around that. When you want to get fixed in your marriage, when you want your marriage fixed, let me say that. Okay. We're going to start with you. Always. First, Always. not the other, right. the other, the, your spouse. What's wrong in you that needs to be healed. What's broken in you. Yeah. What's broken. Yeah. And so what's broken in, in women and what's broken in men is what Peter's addressing here. Okay. I love this. Huge to know. All right. I love it. Our role is to care about the heart and how we can help them see Jesus in everything as a husband or a wife. First Peter three, one, let me read it again to you. We're not going to go too far today, but I want to get into this a little bit. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if someone, some do not obey the word, 
They they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Okay, so now the way I've been taught that, wives, you're subject to your husbands. Get over yourself. Shut your mouth. You do whatever he says. You go wherever he wants to go. You just need to be a good submissive wife and be subject to that man. That's not what Peter's saying here at all. And the fact the way we've been taught that is blasphemy. Okay. Next one. First, the Bible does not teach. Okay. Get this. The Bible does not teach that women should submit to men. No, it's right. And this gets misquoted all the time. It drives me crazy. (laughs) Young women ask me all the time. So I have to submit to every man. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It's not what Jesus said. It's not what Paul says. It's not what Peter said. That's slavery. Right. Well, they were slaves. I know, but I don't want to be a slave. The Bible does not teach that women should submit to men. Biblical authority is always tied to a God-given role. Hmm. Biblical authority is always tied to a God-given role, not ever to gender. So our authority... Her authority, my authority, isn't tied to because I'm a man, so shut the hell up and listen to me. It's never tied to a gender. It's always tied to God. What is God doing in that person's life that I need to be subject to so that it leads me closer to God's heart? Are you hearing me? This is so huge. When a woman steps in the room that has authority on her life, man, my spirit comes alive and I'm going to listen because I want to know how much more of God I'm going to get because of what's on this woman, right? Now, again, here's my argument. Yeah. When a woman steps up that's angry and hurt and yeah. hating, and she has something to say, I get sh- shut off. because well, you I, don't have to just be a man to shut off. Right. Of course, women shut off. Yeah, everybody shuts off. Right? Yeah. And so if it's not leading you to know God more, and this is all Peter's saying, I'm going to prove it to you, uh, then it's not authority, and you don't have to be subject to it. Okay? Makes sense? I love it. All right? That's just a little bit I'm further here. I'm glad you're here. preaching it. Peter is not saying to wives, submit to their husbands because you're a woman and he's a man. That is not at all what he's saying. What is he saying? We'll, we'll finish here. I don't. And I want your thoughts. I have so many. <laughs> what is Peter actually saying to the women? Again, remember, Roman culture, these women have no rights. They're all Christians that he's talking to. Their, their husbands are unbelievers. They're being most likely abused. They're in a horrible situation. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 ladies, listen, with your quietness, with your beauty, your internal heart beauty, you're going to lead these men to Christ. That's mm-hmm. the goal. That's mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. With If you're angry and external and loud and you're going to braid up and go find other men, that doesn't lead anybody to Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So follow me. Peter is saying, do this thing called submission. So that this other thing will work. Okay, so do this thing being called subjective, loving my husband well, being in a quiet spirit, listening, respecting him, finding how I bridge his heart so that you will lead him to Christ. So that he'll become a Christ-like person and he'll love you and he'll serve you and he'll wash your feet. He's not saying submission is just shut the hell up and do whatever he says. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want you to really and hear it's this. Your husband, not women to men. Yes, that's Big right. Difference. And again, authority isn't on gender. Authority is God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's saying, do this thing called submission, so that this other thing will work. 
so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Okay, that's that's verse one. Verse two, it says, when they see your respectable and pure conduct. So I'm this unbelieving husband. I live in this culture and I'm going to tell my wife whatever she, but she's supposed to do this. And when he's Peter saying to these women, look, I'm sorry, man, this sucks. And it's not good. And, but what I'm telling you is that everything you do, woman of God, do it so it leads your man to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Bring respect. That that was the heart cry of these women. It was the heart. They were asking, how do I do this? I'm in a situation where I'm being looked at as a property. I'm not being honored and I can't leave this marriage. Right. She had no right to leave. And if, if I do, I don't get to take my kids with me. I don't right. get any property. It's not like it was oh, 2020. Yeah. She, she has to beg to survive. Right. So she's like, how do I survive in this situation when a man is not understanding what I was created for? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And he's saying, and we'll go way deeper into this. He's saying, look, that, that word subject to or submission is that God's grace will come on that. Yeah. And you'll lead your man to a Christ way of life. Like I did with you. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's still happening, right? It is. Every day. Every day. And I'll, this is the last part I'm going to say. I want to reiterate this. Peter is saying, the reason I'm saying any of this is so that the attitude of your husband, the attitude your husbands have toward this man, Jesus, might change. They didn't like Jesus. Wives, if you have an unbelieving husband, the point is submission to God was his whole point. So Peter is saying, you've got this unbelieving, pathetic husband, but you still choose to submit to God. I will come back on the back end and bring grace Mm -hmm. into your relationship Mm -hmm. and we might just get him saved. Mm -hmm. This is what they meant by an unbelieving husband covers an unbelieving wife or a believing wife covers an unbelieving husband. This is what they're saying in all this. Look, the whole point is that by being subject or submissive to God that I'm going to be have a quiet, tender spirit and a heart that's, that will bring respect to my spouse, that will bring understanding of her heart, and that will lead them closer to Christ. He's not saying anything else besides that. And we'll get into a lot more of it as we, as we go. These little seven-packed little scriptures here, again, six of them to women. Mm-hmm. Let me read that so it's just so it's clear. Peter is talking to believing women who have unbelieving husbands. That's who he's addressing here. He spends six verses talking to these women and only one verse talking to their male male companion because he knows the abusive, horrible situation the women are in. And he wants them to hear him really clearly in his heart because his master taught him that. Mm. And I think the whole reason we've taught this thing for hundreds of years in such a horrible, blasphemous way, again, immature, egotistical men in the pulpit have taught this a different way because they were not discipled. The lack of discipleship is what's caused the fall that we're seeing in America right now and all over the world, obviously Europe. But the lack of discipleship is the reason why we bought into these scriptures and and been taught them wrong and believed them wrong for so many years. Yeah. And the level of abuse that's come out of this. Oh uh, my gosh. You know, I I was told that I just couldn't wear earrings and I couldn't wear jewelry. Um, and that was what was going to make me look or, or makeup. <laughs> and that was, that was what people were going to look at. And that was what mattered. But the women that were telling me that were gossipy and cold 
and gluttony and all these different things, but they didn't wear earrings and they didn't wear makeup. And so this, this has been warped, not just by men doing it to women, but women doing it to other women. Yes. It's, it has been severely distorted. And I, I really want to live in peace with everyone. But from the time I was a little girl, when I was told these things, something would rise up in me. Like, I can't prove it to you people, but there's something's wrong here. Right. Because I am, I was not create. I am a full human being in the image of Christ. I wasn't created to be subservient to another human being. Nobody right. was. No. That's slavery. Right. Doesn't matter what color your skin exactly is, right. what your gender is. That's slavery, and that we are sons and daughters. We are not slaves. And do we believe that Christ is the head of the church? Absolutely. Yeah. Do we believe that the man is the head of the woman? Of course. What does that mean? When you that say means that? that we we just get to serve them at a deep level. We get to cover them. It's mostly, a protection piece. Mostly what it means is I get to understand and care for her heart yes. and what's inside her so that her adorning comes out from the inside, not the outside. Now, again, dress up, put makeup on. I think you're, you're beautiful and gorgeous. And Peter's not saying any of that. It's fine to look beautiful, right? He's saying uh, don't of, focus on that. Focus and, and, on and, and Yeah, because we've all met women, especially women my age, that are all dolled up. But they are hard or cold yes. or bitter or angry or all those things. It's not attractive. Right. And really the most beautiful thing about a woman is when she opens her mouth and what comes out. Right. Because it's coming from her yeah, heart. Exactly. And he addresses that with the men. That's why he talks to them in verse seven, which we'll get to um, hopefully, I don't know when. Uh, okay. Uh, last thing I want to say to all Killed of it, this. Babe. And I just forgot. So we're going to keep going. We're going to move down this road, down these scriptures. Hang in there with us. Ask us questions. Again, GaryLisaBlack.com. You can ask us anything that you want. Make sure you join us on Patreon. Buck a month. Lisa's joined. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, And uh, our podcast on Apple, Black Tribe Podcast, and on SoundCloud. Uh, We're just really wanting to just be a part of your lives. Uh, Here's what I wanted to say. Glad my little commercial's over. For some of you young people that don't know this is still happening, it's happening rampantly in the church. Some of it's over and some of it isn't, right? There's big mega churches in our little city here in Car Springs that really believe the way the scripture has been taught, that women need to shut up and sit down and not, not teach. They, they just need to, they need to look good and not do anything else. And, but don't, be, don't look too good, right? There's a lot of churches in our country, especially back east, mid, middle, that teach no makeup can't braid your hair, right? Covering on your head. We can get into that. Paul had to do that to bring order to the Corinthian church. It's not at all carrying over into 2021. The Bible is real and true and all the way through. And the gospel of Jesus on the cross is infallible. That's beautiful, right? But you've got to know culturally who they're talking to, why they're saying it. And what's and the point? I love the beauty of what I saw in this when I started listening to this and, and, and pouring into it and reading it more. First Peter three, Peter was discipled by Jesus. Paul said the same things because of Jesus. And they, and they literally brought his message to these women who were being abused mm-hmm. and we've distorted it and we've made it Jesus into what we want to. <laughs> God bless you guys. We will talk soon. Bye.